Hi, I'm Behumit. And I'm Jesse. Welcome to the monologues. This week on the monologues, we have a game from not an indie developer, Bioware, in Dragon Age Inquisition, and a beer from uh, New Holland Brewing in Dragon's Milk. All right, let's get those cracked open and uh, kind of start this night. All right. Oh, and you don't have to give me uh, a bunch of crap tonight. I am pouring this one for sure in a glass. Nice. I believe this is probably going to be like a milkshake almost, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear that. It's kind of a beautiful sound, isn't it? Now, we didn't go with regular Dragon's Milk, did we? We went with their seasonal. Ooh, yeah. This is the Dragon's Milk Reserve. Right. The uh, peanut butter and cocoa nibs. I'm just going to give that a drink real quick. Give me one second. That's a little bit strong. I like it. It's not bad. Oh, yeah. That's not too bad. There's some, I can smell the peanut butter when I'm taking a sip. I catch the bourbon real strong. You know, the whole bourbon barrel aged. Yeah, I, I get the bourbon real strong. I do catch the bourbon in there. I really, when I'm, so if you take a sip and then like inhale when you're taking a sip, like just breathe in through your nose, you can really smell the peanut butter coming through it. It's really cool. I feel like, and we won't, I won't get into this like a whole bunch right now. We always try to put the beer towards the end, but. I feel like it hits my mouth in bourbon, and then there's a little bit of, like, other flavors in there. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. And then on the back end, boom, more bourbon. Like, that's what, <laughs> I feel like it's a very odd roller coaster. Yeah, there is a lot of bourbon to this, to be sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I guess, uh, I mean, what, 11%? Yeah, 10%? This, isn't, yeah. this isn't for the babes. You know, this isn't <laughs> for the, the kitties. I mean, this is, you're stepping up in big boy league if you're smashing these all night. <laughs> yeah, this is a one and done night for sure. <laughs> one and I I brought the other one in here. Hopefully, I don't make too much noise trying to get it out of the cooler. But <laughs> I did bring the other one because I feel like it's going to be that kind of night for sure. <laughs> now, before we get into this game, which I'm really excited to talk about, I would like to say uh, if you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook on the Monologues page or on Instagram at the Monologues all one word. Just a shout out about that real quick, and then we can get into the game. Yeah. So. The game. Uh, so I think we were a little bit both mistaken about what game, which game we were picking last week. Um, I think you thought, and I thought, uh, it was maybe a little bit uh, one of the earlier games in the series. So this was actually the third game in the Dragon Age um, series. I, I did actually play this game uh, a little bit on the Xbox previously. I only got originally through this uh, into, I guess, the first little section of it. So just getting past the, um, I guess the little prelude, um, where you kind of get your backstory to who you are in the world of Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, so no matter who your character is, they are kind of, um, the single, uh, person who, who they are, uh, in Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, also, I guess before we get too deep into this, I'm going to say, if you're worried about spoilers on a seven-year-old game, F off. Because <laughs> there's going to be spoilers. Like, I don't yeah, want to, like, I mean, spoil it too terribly much, but I'm sure we're going to say something that is probably revealing a little bit about the game. It's kind of what we do, and that's kind of what we did, why we did pick a seven-year-old game. You know, we picked a game from 2014, right? 
Yeah, and let me let me say something about that real quick too. So you said uh, we were mistaken, or maybe you were saying I was mistaken. I 100% was mistaken about several things. Um, I did mean to do Inquisition, but for whatever in my brain in my life of the last 10, 15 years, I really did believe that game came out a couple of years after I graduated high school. That is not correct at all. Like, it is a lot newer than I actually thought it was. Uh, and I just want to make that clear. 2014, correct? Or like November, I think, of 2014. Yeah, so November I, of 2014. for whatever reason in my head, I was like, oh, that game came out like 2008. No, it didn't. So how I missed it, I don't know. Yeah, so I think 2007 or 2008 was the first one, Dragon Age Origins, right. which was the one I did get originally for PC and played all the way through that one for sure. I loved that game when it first came out. It was awesome. It was super fun. I had a ton of ton of fun playing that game. That's why I picked up the second game even. And I played, I, I don't remember if I completed that game, um, but I don't recall playing it on PC. Um, that would have, I mean, I guess that would have been the, the wow heavy years. So I definitely yeah. would have had a PC capable of playing it. I just don't know that I would have spent time playing it uh, when I would have been playing WoW that heavy. So, you know. Dude, and I can't. I have kind of thought as a, like a name for those years uh, and I haven't come up with one. Maybe like the sleepless years. I don't know. <laughs> that like seven years of my life. The lost time. The, yeah. And I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, I could have done so much with that time. I'm not sure I would have. But <laughs> right. and it was a lot of fun. So I don't know that I'm really complaining. You know, we had some good times for sure. Yeah. But they were at least seven years of my life that there's really no going back. <laughs> it's done. It's yeah. done. Yeah. A there was a rating. lot of games I for forwent uh, during that time period uh, solely with the obsession of becoming the best at World of Warcraft, which I was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think. No, and I, that, we, we, we'll get out of that subject real quick, but yeah, I'm in the same way. I, the online thing took over and I just never went back to consoles. And this game had to have been one of those I passed up because of that. That's the only thing I could think of because yeah. this game is right up my interest alley. Like, I'm, it blows my mind I never played these games. Yeah, I'm actually really shocked that you hadn't played this because you are such a big fan of The Witcher. Like, this game is right up, right down that alley. It is yeah. that same kind of open world storyline you can progress. This Dragon Age Inquisition is a little bit different than the previous two, if I remember correctly, in that um, you have a campaign that you're actually going against and you have different areas you have to build um, influence points to unlock different portions of the story so that it changes uh, a little bit of what you have to do because you do have to complete some side quests in this in order to advance the main storyline, but it still is pretty open world and you get to choose which side quest you want to do uh, to advance the main storyline. So it's pretty cool in that way. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, it wouldn't it be correct to say like, because of the year this came out versus the Witcher, you know, you know, I played the other ones. I played the first Witcher on PC, the second one on Xbox, I think 360. And then the third one, you know, when it came out, I was a big fan. And it would not be correct, especially like the relevance of time. I don't really know when it came out to be like, oh, this is like the great value brand of with The Witcher. I don't I don't feel that way. I think they have very strong similarities, but I don't necessarily feel like it was, you know, taken or stolen. I just think they're great concepts and it worked well in both games um, that because, it, yeah, it's open world and there's a lot of games like that. But they have a very unique way of doing it. I do feel like they're very similar in that regards. The, the Witcher 3 and, and this uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah. But out of respect, I don't I don't feel like it was you know negative towards any game. They're both really great. Mm -hmm. But we can get into the beginning of it. Um let me see here. So there's 
I would like to say there's like four races, correct? There's uh, what, human, dwarf, elf, and canary, I believe? Yes. So what did you roll with? So this time through, I went, ended up rolling with a an elf, uh, which I don't normally roll. Uh, and I actually rolled with a mage, which I don't normally roll because I know those are the things that you usually roll. Or uh, mage, at least, is normally the thing that you usually roll for sure. So I, I knew that you weren't going to be rolling a mage this time just to step out of your little comfort zone. Um, so I specifically did roll a mage because I don't roll mages. Um, I will typically either roll... Um, well, I typically roll, I'm a tank. Uh, so I, I roll tanky classes. Uh, that's, that's just how I am typically. Um, so, uh, you know, I usually like to roll warriors, uh, sword and shield or something like that. Um, and, uh, I, I didn't, I, I don't think I ever ro uh, rolled the uh, Kunari, uh, in any of my gameplays. Um, so, uh, when I first started, so I, I did attempt this a little bit twice and I got through like the little, prelude section twice uh while we were doing this uh uh review and the first time i picked a a dwarf uh with a warrior and, and uh you know just kind of went my normal route and then i i thought about it again i was like nah that's probably not the best way to go after talking to you and then realizing you were going to go warrior style i was like no nah, let's let's mix it up the review um and i'll i'll go and roll a mage because i don't roll mages and i do have to say uh, I'm going to probably roll mages a lot more often because they are freaking overpowered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think that actually goes in, in with most games is survivability is low, but damage wise, they're just, they're just beasts. Yeah. And you're right. It's not my, I usually go casters almost always. Um, or I do like the normal person where you try to do too much of everything and then your character just ends up being terrible. Right. I'm really bad about doing that too. I can't make a decision on one way or the other, but I did this time. I, I did the exactly what you said. I went with the Canary cause he was huge. And, uh, and I like the customization on the face and stuff like the uh, appearance. I, I actually really enjoyed that too, which most games it's kind of, you know, uh, almost frustrating to try to get what you want, but maybe it's because I wasn't picking something, you know, human-esque. I was going with like horns and craziness. No, I had a lot of, lot of fun just making the appearance. I probably spent half an hour on setting up his looks. And then yeah. I did exactly that. I was like, okay, we're going to make this guy an all-out beast, two-handed weapon, warrior. Uh, I did grab a few things because, you know, there's like four talent trees or four kind of like talent things you can pick from. Mm -hmm. And I did grab whatever like the grappling scorpion hook thing was. Uh, oh, yeah. I did grab that because I thought that was really cool. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, I I must not have played far enough along to be able to see that. What what? So that was part of the warrior spec. Yeah, and it was the one towards the end because you know you have like um oh you have like two hand two handed dual wield kind of thing and then mm -hmm. one handed and shield yeah and then you have the like vanguard or something and something yeah. else and I think the last one is the one that actually had that on there. Oh, yeah. uh, and it just yanks mobs to you. Uh, uh, and then okay. you, if you do the upgraded point to it, after you yank them to you, like drop kick them to the ground. Yeah. So I would do that and then use my special ability, like the big sledgehammer smash. I mean, I went full out like big beast mode in this. I mean, I, I was not messing around. Okay. Yeah. So I did have one character. So, so with this, you do get to pick your main character and what they're going to be, but not only do you get that, but you get to recruit a bunch of additional characters to fill out your party. So you get a, a party of four characters always with you and you can kind of switch between all of the characters in play at any given Easily point too. in time. I mean, yeah, it's, that, it's really easy. And even on so PC, feel, I, it's a lot easier than on Xbox. Really? Uh, yeah. I, dude. And that's so normally, you know, you get members on your team and you can't really control a whole lot of what they are, what they do or, 
Or if you do, it's just like stats and equipment, and then, you know, they're kind of AI running around. No, I, I think if you chose wrong in this game on a character you really enjoyed, you could easily just play the other one. Yeah. And let your main character run around until you needed them for some of the, you know, the obstacles that you face as the main character. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Like, um, and there's some some areas and things that uh, you can't get through unless you have a particular type of character. So um, there are some obstacles that you face in some uh, dungeons or maybe just, just uh, instances or something like that where you have to have a warrior with you. So being a mage, it was no good. I would walk up to this wall and you have to shatter through the wall. My mage isn't going to bust through this wall. I've got to go switch over to the warrior and smash the wall. So I'm not a warrior. I got to switch over to um, Cassandra, who is one of the people you get with you, uh, the Inquisition uh, leader, essentially, uh, the the main seeker, um, I guess. Um, he, something like that. Yeah. And she's kind of like your starting, one of your starting people or main mm-hmm. starting person before you get anybody else. And, you know, you it wasn't just the warrior thing. So, you know, you have, so we talked about the four races. Um, there was four classes. You had uh, the warrior, the rogue, the mage, and then I think the the like range um, rogue was another one. Correct? Didn't you have? Wasn't there four like that? Yeah. So it was uh, rogue, mage, and warrior were the three classes you could be. But within those classes, you had different specs. So you have right. single, you know, uh, sword and shield for warrior, uh, two handed for warrior. Um, and then you have different flavors of uh, sword and shield with, um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but one of them was the Vanguard. And then the other one was um, something in, something else indifferently. But um, but they had different kind of mechanics on how they did their, uh, their taunts. Um, so they had different taunt mechanics. But then like rogue, you could have a rogue that would go with daggers or you could have a rogue that was an archer. So that's where the the split uh, play came through there. But both rogues could use like um, traps uh, or or, uh, both rogues could uh, banish, you know, whether they were an archer or uh, a dagger user. Um, Mages had what um, four different classes of spells that they could use, um, like a, a restorative, a fire, a frost and something else. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. I didn't look at his too much. I knew the first three you said, mainly because I said the guy that you start with, the mage you start with, I set him up for like the the barrier and the restorative abilities just so I'd have a healer. Solus. Yeah, that's exactly the same thing I did with Solus as well. So that's basically what I used him for is like, okay, so I'm going to be the mage in the group. So I'm going to be the damage dealer. So let me, let me use this other person to be the healer, quote unquote, or somebody that can throw up shields and keep us alive. So I ran him through the... The, uh, oh, lightning the, is the other one. That's what it is. Um, cause that's what I, I went with is I went with lightning, uh, for my, my spec on my mage and I oh, let Solus be the to spell break, sir. Yeah. I do have a thing with yeah, lightning. You want a fiction for the <laughs> lightning. I do. Uh, which is really weird why I've never played like shaman in like world of Warcraft because of the, you know, elemental shaman. Well, you're not, yeah, you're just, not really a huge star Wars fan though either. Right? No, I mean, not, not right. a ton. No. Yeah, but you're always just using that lightning. It doesn't sound familiar <laughs> at all. Huh, weird. So I would like to bring up one thing. So as I drink this and I've tried to put down about half of it, it's not my favorite. And I'm just going to be open and honest with that. It's it's strong. It's something I think would be acquired for sure. Like beer is already an acquired taste. Craft beers are another acquired level. I feel like this is the third tier. Like, you know what I mean? If you go in stages, this is something they think maybe two, three years down the road, maybe I'll be ready for to have a little more often. This is definitely a little bit out of my comfort zone. And it's not bad. It's it's just a little stronger than I 
anticipated, I guess. I feel like my body's getting a little warm, <laughs> a little warm and tingly. Uh, yeah, there is that definite bourbon feel to this thing. It is, it it doesn't feel like drinking a beer at all. No, it, it really, no, not really. Doesn't. It's like a mixed drink almost. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And it's a mixed drink in like maybe the worst way of a mixed drink because it, it's like thick, like a beer, like a stout, like a stout beer should be. It's that thick and creamy, that texture. That's not what a, what a mixed drink should feel like when you're sipping on it. <laughs> so yeah, it's got it's, that palate feel yeah uh, but then the flavor is just all all bourbon <laughs> you weren't around i don't think this was one of the events you came to that we had on our back deck but there was a time and this is what this kind of reminds me of we mixed pepsi fire or cinnamon it was like a cinnamon pepsi i got the bright idea like that'd be really good with rum shotta. no it coagulates and i grossed <laughs> out everybody at the party that's all i'm gonna say and this <laughs> this isn't that bad but i this is that texture kind of and it but it's got that little bit of little bit of bourbon in the back end mm. and like i said it's it's not my favorite but it's okay it was i think it was fitting for this though I, in some weird way i think that the complexity of this beer it goes really well with this game and so when you started this out did you think that you were going to be hooked again even though it's, it's older and it's been all these years yeah i actually was actually kind of pissed off that you picked this game to be honest um <laughs> just to be to be upfront about it um I knew as soon as I picked up this game, I was not going to be able to stop playing this game and that I'm going to have to force myself to put this game back down because we have reviews that we're going to have to do. And so I can't dedicate the time I want to dedicate to this game to the game because I, I want to finish my playthrough. And not only that, I'm at the point where I want to go back and play a line through Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2 and Dragon Age Inquisition to have a complete. So one of the cool things about Dragon Age is if you use the Dragon Age Keep, you can have all three gameplays completely linked together. So you could have one I thing affect yeah, each each playthrough of each subsequent in the series. And I've I have never made a sit-down dedication to actually do that. And I want to now do that. I just don't I, I don't know where I'm gonna find the time to be able to do that. And it, it drives me nuts. Dude, so this brings up something that I like. I've been trying to find a, a point that we, I mean, eventually we would talk about what I want to say because it would come up in, you know, uh, one of our, you know, we kind of have a set pattern usually when we do this that we go through, you know, when we talk about this and you kind of brought up something I want to say is, you know, Bioware's big. We, we discussed that a little, you know, we tapped into that a little bit. It's huge. Well, when we talked earlier and we said things that, you know, we got wrong or didn't know, this is another one of those things. I'm obsessed with Mass Effect, and that sounds like a very common trend with their games. They made Mass Effect as well. Same situation. You can carry those saves forward, and they mm. affect the later games. Oh, yeah. And so that, and this is, I think that's just something maybe Bioware kind of really enjoys doing. I like that. I think that's really cool. But you're not wrong. I don't know where I would find the time to go back and mess with the first Dragon Age and the second one and then this one. So you're welcome for that. Yeah, it's frustrating, sir. Thank you. But I will be playing this game more. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to at least pl uh, complete this game through just because I haven't actually beat this game even on Xbox. You know, I played it through this time on PC. Um, I played it through or at least the first portion up to maybe a little bit behind where I'm at now in on PC on the Xbox, uh, Xbox One. And there are some differences in combat style. And some places that I think that PC controls just, you know, 
because keyboard and mouse is easier to hit deal with uh, when you have so many different actions that you can handle, it, it has advantages. And I, I definitely did like that. I, I do want to see this gameplay through now because of that, just knowing what I know from my past experience with the game. So, yeah, I'm actually, I'm in the same boat. So, I mean, I don't know if you really call it repeatability because we haven't beat it and then to replay it, but as a game to just, you know, want to play through on my end anyway. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I will, I will probably make it a point to find time to, you know, work on this game some more for sure. I did enjoy it that much. Yeah. And the main storyline they say is 40 hours minimum, right? Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we actually, we talk about postponing to record. This is one of those deals where it's looking at our saved hour time. We went, we both agreed. Yeah. We need to play longer and the game deserved it. You know, you didn't really tap into what the game was going to be like until probably 10, 15 hours. And I think I got to almost 20 hours in the couple of weeks we took messing with this. You definitely didn't get a an idea of what the game was until you make your first world-changing decision. Where you uh, – and I, I'm going to try to not spoil anything. So there is a point – there's several points in the game that you have to actually make decisions that affect how the game plays out. And you don't actually understand – how this game is playing until you hit your first major one. And it comes fairly early in the game, but it, it's not until probably around 10 or 12 hours into the game that you actually hit that point where you make a big decision on which way you go. And it will, it will affect the entire rest of the game all the way through the last boss fight. Um, I am actually hundred percent sure of that. Cause I, I did some research on back end just to, because I don't care about spoilers. It's a seven-year-old game, and if I cared about spoilers, I, you know, wouldn't be re- reviewing it. But so you bring that up, the seven years thing. You know that that's one of the reasons we wanted to. Re- I wanted to review this is because I've heard heard good things. It was on the Xbox Game Pass, and I thought because of its age, there might be some people that pass this game up that really should give it a shot. Because even being seven years old, the graphics aren't that far behind. And I mean, you're pushing it on your PC, even on Xbox. I this game did not feel that out of time for me. Like, no. Yes, is there, you know, some of the newer games are a little better, you know, graphically and stuff, but this game kept up with today's times, I feel like for sure. So there is definitely a reason they still sell this game, um, the game of the year edition that has all the expansions and everything for $36 for PC. I mean, there is a reason they still are able to push that high of a price. It's, it's worth it. It is that good of a game. $36, if you don't have the game pass, you know, that's. That's by far the, the highest price game we've reviewed to date. Uh, but if you have Game Pass, it's, you know, essentially free with your Game Pass. And a lot of people do have Xbox Game Passes. So this is where, if you've got that already, dive in. And, and this is one good way to go back and revisit something, get some use out of that Xbox Game Pass. Because, you know, a lot of the time I do spend going through that Xbox Game Pass and saying, you know, what do I want to play? And, you know, I have looked at Dragon Age in the past and like, mm, do I want to spend that much time going into something or do I want to find something a little bit shorter? You know, no, this is definitely worth it. Even if I'm not going to complete it all right now, at least get a start on it, you know, get some time into the game and be able to come back later and pick back up because, you know, it's it's a great story. It's it's great mechanics. The, the visuals, the gameplay, the graphics, everything is 
like really good. You couldn't tell that this game was made in 2014. This is a really well-made game. Right. So. Yeah, that's that's what I kind of how I feel. It's uh, definitely keeping up for for its time. And you know, like we didn't touch into the storyline a whole bunch. You know, we talked about you get some of the players on your team. Um, is fantasy. You know, it's equipping armor, swords. You know, casting spells. You know, but you when you start this game, you're you can you know, obviously you're the, you're the protagonist, uh, or can be. I mean, you can kind of be the anti here on some level, on depending on what how you want to word things when you answer your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tend to fall on the good guy stuff. I don't really know what that's about, but I always end up saying like the nicest possible answer, which I don't really understand that a whole lot, but I feel like in real life, I don't do that. I feel like in real life, maybe I'm a little bit more of a jerk, but that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, so you're laughing cause you kind of know some truth in that, Yeah. but either way, you know, so these gates, these rifts are opening up and that's kind of how you start is you're almost like the, the chosen one that has to close these rifts. And I won't touch into a whole bunch more because honestly, we would spend four hours on this just talking about storyline. This is an RPG and it's a big fantasy RPG, so we won't break down all the um, the details to it. But that's that's kind of how the game starts. And like you said, uh, the music and the sound is great. The gameplay is great, um, even for its age. The enjoyability, I'm, it's right up there with me. It's high. I mean, I... There wasn't any time it felt like this was work or that I was trying to play just to kind of figure things out. I felt like I was just playing because it was fun. I mean, I tried to find more time in my schedule to get on this game. So I think that says a lot for sure. Difficulty? I do think there was some difficult points, at least for me. And I don't even remember what I set it on. I think I just usually default to like normal setting. But I did die a couple times. Uh, I think actually we, we, we might have talked about that. I think I came across a dragon. Uh, I did escape one of those, but there was a, a couple other things I ran into. I did not escape. Uh, that did not happen. So the difficulty's a fair challenge, I feel like. It can be. It it definitely can be because so you do get to go to levels or areas that are um, kind of in line with your character's level at the time that you're ready for it. I, I feel you. That was an oof face, and I feel you the more I drink this beer. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I just feel like I'm drinking bourbon. Yeah, I was going to say, it gets a little bit more stingy at the bottom. Um, it has that bourbon bite right at the bottom. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at the last quarter of it, and I'm like, hmm, wow, this is quite a bit. Yeah, it's, mine's done. I'm going to open the other one. Are you? I, I don't think I would. I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know why I'm going to do it? That Infinity Gauntlet deserves to be used, sir. I'm going <laughs> to get right. that other beer out. The Infinity Gauntlet's going to open this one up. We're just going to give this a good, good perspective, drinking both. All right. You you have fun with that one. Uh, I'm going to hop back to the game, though. Um, but so anyways, with the game, you yeah, you do get to go to different areas that are kind of in tune with your character's level. But that doesn't mean that all of the mobs that you run across are necessarily going to be in tune with your character's level at the point in time that you run across them. I know that the first area that you run across or you go to is the hinterlands, right? And uh, one of the main one of the main things that you do there is close uh, rifts. Um, I think you have like three different sections you have to actually go and close rifts on. Um, and uh, one of the rifts, one of the main rifts. Uh, right, I think right next to where the base camp is that you first land at 
has mobs that when you first land, um, they have a red skull next to them. They're, so you can tell that they're higher level than you and that they're, they're probably going to eat you. You know, you do run into those types of things. And then, yes, we did run into dragons also in the hinterlands where I did die to a dragon. Um, if you just go exploring far enough, you will run into periodic uh, dragons. And um, if you're not watching out, they will uh, eat your eat you. <laughs> so uh, that happened to me uh, once and then uh, nearly happened to me a second time. And yeah, I, I managed to escape. So, but yeah. Yeah, I re- I did. I made it away from one of them. It wasn't by for me. It wasn't by where we start. Uh, it was in the hinterlands, and I I just got really lucky. There was a cave nearby, like a like a I don't even know you call it a cave, more like a breezeway. And I just one guy was alive. I think it was Solus for whatever. I think it's the barrier thing. That dude is always surviving when I get in these yeah. situations. And so I just trucked it, dude. I mean, I trucked it for that breezeway and went through it. And then of course everybody responds. You know, your whole team responds if you make it away out of combat with one guy, which. In all honesty, I didn't know that's how that worked, uh, but discovering that huge plus, yeah, huge plus. Used it, yeah. used it more than once for sure. Yeah, I mean, one of the other cool mechanics though is, so since we both kind of did use Solus for the same type of thing, where we used him as a healer for the group, um, you know, I I leveled him up and took the path where he could actually res people in combat, so he can bring them from being KO'd or whatever um, back to back to back to their feet. Um, so that was, you know, you actually do have a battle res of sorts. So it, it makes him a little bit more useful outside of just having the barriers. Other than that, like the combat thing, the whole mechanics of the combat, uh, were really well thought out. Like you can be really, um, lazy with your mechanics if you want on your battles, or you can be really, I guess, really anal and like, uh, dictate how each of the characters fights, who they fight, what uh, moves they use and everything. If you go into the options menu, you can actually set up how their AI acts. Um, you, they come with a predefined set and it will fill out by itself. Uh, if you don't edit it, but once you edit it, you're able to basically make them do however you want them to do. So if you want them to only use potions uh, at a certain health level, they will do that. Um, or, you know, if you don't want them to ever use potions, they will do that as well. Health potions or otherwise, you know, if you want somebody to use grenades, uh, so say I had, uh, Varica rogue, uh, with a, with a bow, um, to use grenades, I could set him up to be able to use those grenades all through the AI. Um, but then that was only one portion of the control, just allowing the AIs to be, to control it. Um, so the first level is, you know, I don't set the AI. I just let the AI do its own thing. The second level is, okay, I'm going to take control of the AI. I'm going to kind of set the priorities for the AI to do its thing, but then I'm still going to let the AI do its thing for the other characters and maybe do some character swapping mid-combat. The third level is actually backing out to the combat view where you get this high-level, like, top-down view of where it is. So instead of being in the third-person view where you're just kind of over the shoulder or, or just above and behind your your character that you're currently controlling, you go to a top-down view where you can see the entire battlefield or you can zoom to any part of the battlefield and you can pick individual people that you want to move to a specific location. Um, so if you want to, say, send your archer to uh, a high vantage point to have a, you know, 
uh, the high ground for for shooting down because he has perks that benefit him for being on high ground. You know, you can do that. You can move your rogue up there uh, and not have him actually attacking anybody until you want him to start attacking somebody. Um, you can do all sorts of things and be very controlled with who does what when if you use that level. So you can be super controlling in how the battle plays out. You can slow the battle play way, way down. Yeah. And I think honestly, I utilized it. Um, not at first, at first I didn't really mess with it. You know, they, they walk you through like a very brief tutorial when it pops up for the first time. And I was like, yeah, okay. All right. I'll just battle. And then as battles got more difficult, the really the place I find the use for it or kind of forces you almost is archers or ranged. Mm -hmm. Like as a, you know, defending against being a warrior up front, I'd have these guys just shoot me from far away while I'm trying to deal with this kind of tanky mob in front of me. That's where that came in play for me is I was utilizing that battle mechanic to try to force, you know, my uh, other person. I ended up with the, what was it? Blackwall, I think was the other warrior I got. Yeah. He's one of of the other warriors you can get. So he's one I got. And I actually switched out Cassandra for him and I didn't want to. That's, I hate when I like start getting interest in characters because I did not want to switch, but you, <laughs> you know, you talked about earlier about having a warrior for certain things, the same things with like rogue and same mm-hmm. with mages. They, they kind of want you to have a diverse group for that reason, because you go in a cave, you can't light the torches and stuff without the mage. You find uh, locked buildings. You can't get into them without the rogue. So if you really want to get the the best of everything, you have one of everybody and me being a warrior, she was obviously the one going to get, you know, taken the back seat. And I liked that Blackwall character a lot. So I did. I, I sw- swapped him out. But I would, like, switch him out to chase down the ranged if I was having troubles with them. And I would force or taunt all the other mobs on me that were around. And, mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah, no, I definitely utilized that battle. Okay? And it was cool. It was, a, it was definitely a good idea. And I, I've seen it done kind of in other games, but I think this might be one of the easiest games I've done it in. You know that kind of let, allows you to control multiple people. Yeah, it, it it was pretty intuitive on how it did it. It it made it make sense. It uh, you might have to re- help remind me on on Xbox, uh, how many different moves do you get per character uh, on your main controls? So you can actually do like up to eight. So you okay. do the because you have the what is it like X Y B. And then your bumper, but then you can hold down the other trigger and it it ro- rotates that to your other four. Gotcha. Okay. So you do get eight. Yeah. So at first I was actually thinking I didn't see that you could rotate, which I didn't have a lot to begin with anyway. I'm like, that kind of blows. I didn't want to really swap out abilities. You know, I was like, I'm going to be stuck with just these three. I like these a lot. I don't. So I was trying to find like passive upgrades. It's kind of funny you brought this up. I was literally trying to find passive upgrades because at first I did not see you could equip more abilities. You just had to hold a button down to kind of like shift to the next phase of, you know, abilities. Once I figured that out, that took that kind of, you know, annoyance away. So yeah, up to eight. So maybe that's where I didn't play through on the Xbox for long enough because it's very apparent on PC, you can have eight right away because you have the eight slots on the very bottom of the screen. You can see exactly where you're going to put them. Yeah. Because you've got all that room. It's right there. You know, it's out in the, out in the front. Uh, it also makes sense on like some some uh, battle commands as far as like if you want everybody to move to your position or to get away, you have hotkeys to do that. Like if uh, I needed people to disengage, I could just push L and it was that's the disengage key on, you know, for a keyboard. I don't know what it was on Xbox. Like if I needed Which to sound super easy. 
Yeah. If I needed to get away from uh, a dragon wrecking my face, uh, I, d- I don't have, I don't know if I had a way on Xbox to just tell everybody to leave. So. And so we, we didn't really tap into this. I mean, we've talked about it, but not really bluntly said it. So it is multi-platform, right? For sure. I mean, we've played, you know, Xbox, PC, and I believe they have them on other systems, correct? PlayStation 4, um, I think that might be it. it. Is Xbox One, PlayStation Four, and PC is it'll what probably these are end up on, on. Switch. <laughs> um, it seems like everything does, right? So, yeah, <laughs> why not? I, I think the thing that shocked me was when I saw like uh, The Witcher pop up on on Switch. I went, "Holy buckets, that's crazy!" <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I just never would have guessed that. That's a pretty large game, you know, to just throw on a Switch. But that's cool. I think that's awesome. They can do that. So I'm sure this game will make it, find its way there. Well, so I guess the reason why this is actually probably on the Game Pass right now is because they're actually coming out with the Dragon Age 4, uh, a fourth one. And what, what they name it, it's, it's still to be determined, but the rumors are, um, and I haven't, I haven't dug too deeply because I don't want to dig too deeply just yet, but the rumors are there's a, they're in the works of the fourth one. So I'm actually like, it, this whole thing has just even more exciting. even more excited like yeah, I mean that's it's like perfect it. timing. Oh yeah. See, and you were you were getting all mad. I picked this game, but it might have been fate, sir. May have been, if you were to believe in such a thing. <laughs> uh, so we've went through, you know, what we played it on. We went through that it's multi-platform. Um, we went through there. I think there is a multiplayer option, and I'm not really sure how that works. I think I saw something about that. But I have no clue how it works. I didn't try it. I didn't look into that. Um, yeah. I and didn't either. There is a multiplayer option. I didn't look into it too deeply. I wanted to get in and do the the main part of the, the game, which is the story. So, right, you know, it goes back to our childhood. Just big storyline by yourself, playing, nobody else interfering. You know, for sure. That it did. It did for me. I mean, that, this was a good. Uh, you know, not that I'm against the reviews we've already done, but this was like a good classic for me like this is this is the stuff i wish we could review all day long it it just doesn't work that way yeah i mean if i had all the time in the world this is like the type of game we would spend all the time reviewing yeah i mean we would just be playing what we want to play and then talking about it it'd be perfect and then looking like the dude from from uh uh south park's world of warcraft episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man brings back so many memories <laughs> i feel like there was seven years of my life i did look just like that guy I do, I mean I I definitely did for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh so you know we we don't we didn't dive too much into the storyline. I feel like we both, you know, it's pretty big. There's a lot to get into, you know, to tell every little tidbit of storyline. Well, you know, you're like I said protagonist fantasy. You're you you know closing the rifts. But there's a lot of choices too. So I mean the storyline can be different for each person on yeah. some level. Your your game through your gameplay, I I feel like, um, no matter what you do, is going to be a little bit different because of what race you pick, what class you pick, um, and just the general choices you make. If you don't make everything identical on your playthroughs, there's going to be some variance through it. You're Correct, you're going to have yeah. the same general story progression, but it, I mean overall, like the there's going to be large portions of the story that can actually change. So it's pretty cool in that way. I like the side note that um, dwarfs are the only ones that cannot be casters. Yeah. That was actually really cool too. I I did like the fade. They cut from the fade. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. And I think there's actually books to this stuff too, if you didn't know that. And I wouldn't I be opposed to checking them out. Um, yeah, I believe I read somewhere that actually there's some books to this stuff. I could be completely wrong. So don't, you know, don't take that too serious before you look it up. But I, you know, I come across some of these things, some of these articles and I don't make, I don't take notes. I see that face you're making. Did you finish that first one? Oh, out of boy. That was rough. Yeah. Is your face warm? <laughs> the bottom of that is not great. Not great at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. There was some peanut butter. I could see the peanut butter in there. I think at one point. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I for sure can. Smooth, baby. Smooth. Sure. So I think we've went through everything, and I think people will be able to tell as we talk about this. It's a positive review, and we do like the transparency thing. So with that being said, uh, when it comes to RPGs, we're going to be, it's going to touch home for us, and I, I think we both can agree on that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to let that be known. So if the reviews, if the rating's higher, that's because we just really love RPGs, too. That That's going to make a difference for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, RPGs are my my jam. I mean, that's what I that's what I would play all day long. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is what it is. Um, I'm gonna dive headfirst into any any RPG. It it just those are those are the games I love. The games I get grew up playing. You know, um, right. So, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. And I cannot believe I did not know that these people made Mass Effect one of uh, my all time favorite games. Also, and I did not realize that. Also made Baldur's Gate. Oh, so you know how we okay, talked about so that too? <laughs> yeah. Making so more had, sense now. Well, yeah. We have actually spoken uh, recently about uh, doing a Baldur's Gate review and uh, yeah. Did we say review? Also, I thought we were just going to play it because we wanted to. <laughs> maybe we were just going to play it because we wanted to, but yeah. Uh, or we were going to. That yeah, might just we make an about, easy episode for us. But yeah, they do Baldur's Gate as well. So. Or they did Baldur's Gate as well. I don't know if they're doing yeah, the new one. I'm but. a fan. I'm I'm honestly a fan of the what Bioware's doing. So I'll be anxious For to sure. see if they with the fourth one. I want that'll be really cool to see that come out, especially after doing this. Um, so I feel like we went through quite a few of these things. Like I said, I I, I hope no one feels left out on the storyline, but there is a lot to go over. It's you know, it's an RPG. It's fantasy. It's it's fun. Give it a try. That's would be like my going message would be don't. Don't deter from this game just because it came out in 2014. If you have not tried this and you have a Game Pass, I don't see a reason not to. Yeah, I mean, do yeah, definitely try this because it's a it's a it's a fun game. It, 2014 doesn't matter. I mean, don't think that even if you pick it up on PC, it's not going to be up to par graphically or it's going to look out of place. It definitely doesn't. I'm telling you, I put it on the rig. Uh, if I put it on the rig at uh, 1440p and and tried to push it at fade fade touch settings i was barely pushing 100 frames per second um which for my rig is not it's not high like i had to back it down to just under fade touched uh to let my let my uh gpu cool down a little bit um and i have a water cooled gpu so i mean that's that's pretty cool for a game that's you know 6 7 years old now yeah i mean i, I not that I was pushing like super high temperatures. I, I was, I was pushing higher than I'm comfortable with, which is only like, you know, 55 C. So, you know, it wasn't like super high. It just, that's not where my, my GPU normally sits on, on a game. Like, so if we play overwatch and I play, play that at 167 frames per second or so, um, you know, my GPU doesn't get up over 50 degrees C, you know? So, it, this it when I did push it all the way, it it could actually push my rig, and it does look really good. 
at 1440p. So it's got high graphic potential. That's that's actually pretty cool. It does. It does for sure. I mean, I think that really touches into about everything. It's been we've talked about this. This kind of happens. I think the more positive the game, I feel like the quicker our review is. You know, and I think we go through that every time. Um, I feel comfortable with moving on to the beer, sir. I mean, I feel like we've kind of touched into all of our subjects. I think we have a pretty positive stance on it. Yeah. Which this is one of the few games too. We haven't really spoke back and forth a whole lot. You know what I mean? Like we haven't really, we have talked a little. This is one of the games. I didn't feel like we actually needed to talk about it because like I said, I mean, like we both said, this is one of the games that was right up our alleys. I don't think this was one that we actually had to touch base on because I, you know, this wasn't outside of either one of our comfort zones. Like, like Chroma was, or like, I mean, even Spellbreak was, you know, neither one of us are those type of game players, like all the time, uh, right. you know, uh, or even um, Butterscotch Shenanigans players. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of the way. name because that's a stupid thing. Crashlands. Crash yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, this this was just one of those, it, it, it felt like coming home uh, type games, you know, it, it just, it, it just was easy to get into and and roll with. I think the only thing, only time we really talked about is when we were first jumping off about, and it was really more about what are you going to play? So that way I don't do the same thing. And we have a little bit of a different experience. Um, So we have a more well-rounded review. That's really all we talked about, you know, as a, as a test subject, I meant to say this earlier on, I kind of forgot this when we, when I first got this download done, uh, I actually let Shay play it. Um, I wanted to see how, for his age, yeah, he wanted to see how an eight-year-old would kind of, like, feel about this game. Believe it or not, he loved it. I, I kind of helped him just with a very, very small amount of things. Uh, and he loved it. I mean, he played for probably an hour or two. And that was, um, man, he played it before I did. I actually watched him, and then I started a new game. I actually watched him and just helped him with a few of the settings. Uh, he liked it. He liked it a lot. So that, I think that says a lot, too. I mean, I'm not saying he could... I don't know that he'd get through the whole storyline. I think there's too much reading, too much decision making, too much figuring things out where maybe he would be like, yeah, I don't know, unless I was to help him. But I did think that was pretty neat that as an eight year old, he was enjoying the game for the at least for the beginning, like, you know, kind of tutorial walkthrough. Yeah, So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you did you gather up any snacks? I know we're both on like, I know we're both trying to be healthy, but did you I this brought back those nostalgia like. Kid memories. There was a couple times on cheat cheat weekend, cheat cheat nights. Bailey was at work. I really did just like round up some snacks and like some like diet Dr Pepper and just sit down and like veg out playing this game. And that was that <laughs> felt amazing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I I did not have snack moments, but I definitely did have like zombie out and just go into the game and play for. I mean, more hours than I probably should have. More hours. <laughs> uh, than I have in any game uh, in a long time, like including WoW. And I, you know, I raid, uh, I, I put more time into this than I do playing WoW even. Uh, that's how Which that's I how think good it says was. a lot. Yeah. It, it, it pulled me away from that for sure. Do you recall who raided the game first last time? I don't, um, but I'm comfortable going with this one. Okay. I'll let you lead on this. Let's go ahead. I want to hear your rating then out of 10. Uh, okay. Out of this beautiful game that we played. Yeah, so this is a game that hits a lot of buttons for me, and, and the more I sit here and, the, and think about it, I think my, my rating is just going to go up 
more. And, and I'm trying to stop myself from doing that. I'm trying to trying to find a way to have it be a little bit more balanced and think about it as far as something that people, general people are going to be able to get into and play as well. I mean, I, I honestly think this is a solid like 8.6. Um, it's a, it's a really, really good game. It's a really, really, really good game. I, I think only a few games that I've played, I, I can honestly only think of one game right now that jumps out that is probably head and shoulders above it, which is why this only gets an 8.6 and not like somewhere in the nines. Um, I, I can think of one game, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That game wa was actually really well done. And that was for me being a uh, huge Final Fantasy VII fan from the beginning. So that juxtaposed to this um, is kind of why I have to knock this one down a little bit. And not to say that 8.6 is low. It's just, I, I have experienced games that I, I like more that are also in the same genre. So, yeah. But yeah. So, okay. Uh, I would just like to say, if I had been rating this game in 2014, I think that there'd be a different number coming For out sure. of my mouth. Oh, and yeah. I think there's no way to avoid that. I think you can't go back in time. We are where we're at. There are other games out. So I think an 8.6 for you at this point in time is awesome. I think that says a lot for the game and the developers. I think they did really good on it. Spent a lot of time on it, a lot of energy. And like we talked about, this isn't an indie developer. So, you know, of course they had the, you know, they're a bigger company. That's great. Applause to them for sure. I would just like to say, it's weird that I'm lower than you. I'm not much lower, but I am a little bit lower. And that's because I'm going to try to look at this as someone, you know, I wanted to pick this game for people like myself that hadn't passed it up, you know, hadn't missed it for whatever reason. You know, I don't, I don't know who actually listens to us. I don't know the age group. You know, if I had to guess it's if people our age listen to this and they were like me and they miss this game, this is the rating that I would give them. It's an 8.2 for me for sure. It's still above eight. It's an 8.2. And that's because for being like seven years old now, this game was awesome. I have no problems like recommending this game, playing this game. I will continue to play this game probably when I get time. And I think that says a lot. And I, I think had I been one of those people that actually wasn't an idiot and bought it in 2014, you know, had the brains to go ahead and play it instead of play WoW or whatever I was doing at that time, uh, I think my rating would have been like a 9.5 or 9.6. I think it would have been one of the best games I ever played. Yeah. I have yet to play the Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, but, you know, I am a big Final Fantasy fan, so I'm sure that will be in my future at some point. But yeah, I think I'll rest on an 8.2 for sure, which I'm not doing the range thing. I'm trying to get out of that because I my first instinct is to do like a range. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to try to with, you know, try to fight those urges and just do a solid number. And that's 8.2 for sure. All right. And so let's move on to the beer. And you led with the game. I'll start with the beer. Now, a little bit about this company. It is New Holland Brewing. It's out of uh, Holland, Michigan. And the... I think his name, the CEO, I believe, is Brett Vanderkamp. And they, this company started in like 97. And so they've been around a while, but the Dragon's Milk's kind of like a, almost from what I gather or what I see on their website, it's not New Holland. It's it's kind of like its own thing. They kind of have their own branch for it. It even has its own website. Right. I think it's its very own category. And that kind of looks like it came about like 2001. So it has been around for a while. And drinking it, 
it is stronger. I, you know, I make the joke about like, uh, you know, acquired taste. And some people's like, oh, beer's not that great, which those people are crazy. I don't understand that. <laughs> but that's fine. We have a friend, Polly, who's that guy. Is not a, yeah, right. You're laughing. We have that guy. And we're going to get into some mixed drinks, you know, pre mixed drinks eventually for him because he's a good buddy of ours and he can't drink beer and it's kind of sad. We'll get some on the poly scale. Yeah, we'll get on the poly scale. But then there's, you know, then you get into craft beer and whether it's a stout or an IPA, those aren't for everybody either. And those are very acquired. And as you uh, get more into them, even my wife, even I've kind of got her into IPAs, which is crazy to me because if you'd asked me five years ago, I thought IPAs were terrible. But the more you kind of get into that taste and understand what's going on, they can be really good and really enjoyable. This beer to me is the next level. Like I'm not there yet. I, it's not that it was the worst thing I've ever had by any means. And I think that the, I think what Brett Vanderkamp, I think, you know, his company's obviously doing something right. They have like 500 employees. They're, um, have lots of options, lots of good looking stuff. I wouldn't mind trying other things they have other than dragon's milk. And I've heard great things about some of their other dragon's milk, um, products. Like there's some, they're only pub ready. I think they have like a restaurant that they, to distribute like beer out of like like keg wise and stuff up there. I kind of read a little bit about it, and some of theirs sound like they have like a Stroop waffle that will never be bottled for in our area. Hmm. But it that sounds amazing, and I could be yeah. wrong, but that sounds good. Um, this, if I was going to rate this, and I'll try not to get super detailed about why. I'll just say that you know you've heard us talk throughout this this episode. You know it's strong. We both made some facial <laughs> images when we took a couple of drinks that were, you know, big drinks, kind of surprising on how much bourbon kind of kicks you in the face. I'm going to go with a 6.1 on this only because if with the alcohol content that it has and the flavors they're trying to bring out in this, it's definitely, it's definitely a 6.1. I, it's not something I'm going to drink all the time. It's something I may never drink again, but it's also something I only need to drink one of. And I'm on my second one, if that says anything. <laughs> so, I mean, you only need one for sure. Um, definitely it is a like one a sip and done, like, sure. Yeah, it, it should have been. I'm going to finish this second one, maybe regrettably. But, yeah, I'm going to lean on 6.1. I'm going <laughs> to fall with that. See what you think. Man, this is where I'm going to get the better at. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever had. I can think of some worse, worse beers for sure. But it is not not a great one. Uh, and it might just be the reserve. That bourbon just was too much um, for a beer. Like, that shouldn't be your primary profile when you're drinking it. They had a lot of other th- good things that were kicking off in the very top of this beer. I don't know. I, I honestly can't tell you how they manage this. But it is, a- as I got through that glass... It just got worse and worse and worse and more and more of that bourbon flavor just kept coming to the front. And it, and it, it was like, it kept stinging you on the back end. Dude, like, explain this. Uh, the second one, it continues on to the second one. <laughs> explain that because I think I'm just drinking straight bourbon at this point. I feel like it should have been the opposite. So I think that's the problem. I think that bourbon is just overpowering the other things that they have that are good in this thing, in the, the beer. Like- if they would have dialed back how much, I, I don't know if it's the, the the length of time that they aged this in the bourbon barrels that it just took on too much of that bourbon flavor or what, but it feels like there is that bourbon burn to it. Not not like a good bourbon, like not like a good sipping bourbon. Like 
it is just a straight bourbon burn, dude. Um, yeah, I think I like I said optimistically, maybe this is just a level above where we're at. If it's a level above where I'm at, man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not willing to go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, well, I mean, sipping on scotch, sipping on bourbon. I mean, this dude, is- I can. That's the thing. I can sip on a good scotch. I can sip on a good bourbon. I can sip on some good whiskeys. Like, I don't have a problem with all that. Wasn't that our poker game? You brought scotch, right? Yeah. And you just drank it on the rocks like a freaking yeah. stud. Yeah. I remember thinking that. I was I was drinking our favorite tasty drink, Boulevard Wheat, with orange slices. And me and Daniel had those huge glass mugs we got for like $2 a piece. And I remember thinking like, man, that's a you killed that whole bottle that night. <laughs> we stayed at Benedict's and I was like, dude, what? So yeah, I know you can drink that stuff. So that's a little bit surprising to me for this. So so that's what I'm saying. That's not what a beer is supposed to be. Even a bourbon aged beer, a bourbon barrel aged beer is not supposed to be that. The fact that this came off that way is is wrong to me. And that's why my rating is going to be what it is and it's going to be harsh. And it's it's a it's like a 3.5, man. It's, okay. It's not great. I will probably not drink this again. And it actually deters me from trying any of the other ones. I, looking at their page, I might try some of the other ones. I don't know that I'll ever try the straight dragon's milk, um, but I might try the dragon's milk white and I might try the dragon's milk Solera. But I don't know that I will ever ever try their other stout and I will definitely not have the reserve again. Um, it's not that great, dude. It just, mm-mm. it's below average to me. It's not worth trying. I completely understand And especially that. if you're going to slap the reserve on there, if you're going to slap the word reserve on there, make it something that knocks me in the dirt. Make it something yeah. that is worth that word. Yeah. That you look forward to every year. Yeah. You know, cause it's a seasonal. I mean, that's, it's reserve and it, this may not even be brought back every year. This may be something they only bring back every so often because that's kind of what they do for sure. But even so, then I get that. B- make it worth it though. Yeah, I mean, because me, this comes, if this, they, I don't think they'll re-release this. But if they did, I, you obviously we're not going to be back at the store. Like, oh, I can't wait till that comes back out. Unless we're, you know, doing an, another episode, and we're like, hey, let's relive that moment. <laughs> if it would have stayed on that that high peanut butter flavor I was getting in the very beginning of it, I, I it would have definitely been higher than what it got to. But the fact that it just kept getting more and more, and I've got like the bourbon burps, dude. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm right there with you. I'm on the second one. So uh-huh. actually, I'm going to finish that one really quick. So would you say 3.5? Is that yeah. what I got? Yeah. And what, 6.1 to 3.5? Yeah. I, I, honestly, I think what carries mine is that I think I would drink one of these. And it's a little strong, but one's all you need. You're not wrong. I'm going to yeah. drink the second one because I already opened it and I have most of it gone. <laughs> but it's not, it's not really needed. So, and that's kind of, I'm telling you, that's, and it could be, I could be completely wrong. That's how I view is like, it's the next level of like an acquired taste. It's, it's kind of like drinking wine, you know, sweet wines are great, but then as you kind of drink more wine, you kind of almost want a little bit drier wine. I don't know, and man. I, I feel I, like this I, I like dry wines. I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I can drink things from very on, on the sweet side to very dry side of anything that I'm drinking. I don't know. I don't fall down one of those roads. I, I drink sours. I drink IPAs. I drink yeah, I, stouts. All of it. 
that's why I think we're so good for this. Is I we, right? We're in the same boat. We do we do drink. We're not this to like give me Bud Light. Give me we're not oh give me Bush Light. We're not those people. We do drink kind of everything. Right. We're well, willing that's to why give I'm saying. Chance. That's why I'm saying this. I don't know. I, I don't okay. see how you can see it as a, as above a six. Like <laughs> that, that's what's it's, it's confounding purely, to me. Purely because of the <laughs> alcohol content for the beer. Sure. I mean, get yourself a butt ice. I mean, you want alcohol content. <laughs> I'm just saying that this was labeled as a mixed drink. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just tricking myself because it says beer on it. If this was labeled as a mixed drink, I'm like, well, that's not that high alcohol content for a mixed drink. Right. And then I would drink it and be like, well, that's not terrible for a mixed drink. But as a beer, maybe you're right. Maybe that is a little bit profound. But that's how I view that is as a beer being what, 11, 12% around that range. That's pretty crazy. That's not the worst thing I've ever had. But we can get off of that because we are getting close on time. And I do have something that we talked about the other day. And I think you kind of forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have struggled so much in these episodes to bring in food and it ha- and it's not that we don't, it's not that we're not cooking. It's just, these take a while and we kind of get caught up talking about stuff. Now, the other day, my wife and I visited you a little bit of celebration for the fact that we did get our episode online. Finally, and we did get some stuff done. Uh, we were, we were kind of enjoying ourselves and you made us something that we have talked about several times since. <laughs> I don't know how you could be talking about it several times since. It was simply steaks, sir. Simply Everybody steaks. makes steaks. There's I agree. <laughs> I agree, but I want you to quickly, briefly walk us through your little uh, pattern on what you did on those super thick ribeyes. They were amazing. I don't care. Well, you can downplay them all you want. They were freaking ridiculous. <laughs> all right. So, I, I mean, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a genius or anything. I'm not doing anything that anybody else hasn't done before, so... Um, but this is just my method for doing steaks and, and they were ribeyes. Um, I like super fatty cuts of meat. Um, if I'm going to have like a, a big cheat meal like that or something, you know, I'm going to treat myself and ribeyes to me are the most tasty. You could definitely do this with any other thick um, steak or any other thick cut of meat. Uh, steaks are typically what I'm going to try to do this with. Um, but basically these were ribeyes were probably what one and a half to maybe almost two inches thick. They were uh, at least, at least inch and a half to inch and three quarter for they sure. Were, yeah. They were inch and a half. They, they, were, thick. Inch they were thick, thick. <laughs> they were almost thick with three C's. They were thick. I mean, they were, dude, they, they were beautiful. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Right. So um, basically my technique for them is just to, to reverse sear them. Um, so that's not a technique that is, you know, revolutionary. I'm not just now coming up with that. Um, but I will kind of walk you through the process that I do for these. So to season them, to season the steaks, I just season uh, lightly on both sides with a 50-50 salt and pepper blend. So it's uh, fresh ground pepper and uh, coarse ground uh, sea salt. I have them both mixed into a single shaker. So I just use the one shaker and shake it all over uh, one side, uh, each each side of the steaks. And then uh, to top it off, uh, I like a little bit of heat on my beef. Um, I think spicy flavors and beef go together really well. Uh, I think it just carries it. So I add a a little bit of crushed red peppers and I'm not talking about like enough to, to put anybody down. This is just a light, light dusting of crushed red peppers. And the last step will, will kind of kick off a lot of the crushed red pepper anyway. So it's not like you, you you know, it's going to be overpowering. It just adds a little bit of back end flavor. So, um, but from there, you uh, you take those, and um, I have a smoker. I have a pellet smoker, 
Um, but you could essentially do this within a, a, an oven. Um, but I go to my pellet smoker and I set it on um, my smoke setting, which is 180. Um, and I smoke them until the internal temperature of the steak is around 120 uh, degrees uh, Fahrenheit. So you want it to be about 10 or 15 degrees cooler than what you want your final temperature to be. I like my steaks medium rare. Uh, so I, I cook it to about 120 degrees. Once it, once the steaks have reached that temperature, I take them over to a cast iron. Um, I've got a cast iron, um, uh, griddle plate on my, my propane grill, um, that sits beside my smoker. And, uh, I fire that up to as hot as it'll go and throw a little bit of, uh, butter or oil on there to grease it up and, uh, basically get a good, nice, uh, char on, uh, both sides of the, uh, steak. That's, that's really it. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Um, uh, that char usually takes about, um, oh, three minutes per side, uh, maybe five minutes per side, depending on, on your level of what you want for the char, but just kind of keep an eye on it. Um, uh, but that's, that's really it. It's super simple, really easy. There's nothing I'm doing that's, uh, blowing, <laughs> blowing the world out, you know? No, but it was insanely good. I mean, <laughs> Thank which... You. You know, we've smoked steaks and stuff, you know, that's kind of like any more that's my go-to. Like, just it's just so much easier. I throw them on the smoker. You can set the temp. Not a big deal. I have not reverse seared like that, and we don't typically have cuts of meat that thick because, you know, we do do the half of beef and everything. But, dude, poof, those were killer. Those were amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, when I when I do a steak, I, so I don't, I don't eat a ton of beef or a ton of steak just because it's a generally fattier piece of meat anyways. So I don't, I don't eat a lot of that stuff anyway, uh, right now. Um, but if I have it, I'm, I, I'm going to make a big thick cut. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just love it. it. And doing that, doing that flavor, it, it gets that char on the outside, um, that, that you just come to love from a nice grilled steak and it keeps it super, super juicy and moist. Um, and in beef, if you've had, if you've got good beef, you don't need a ton of seasoning. A little bit of salt and pepper is all you need on some beef. That's it. Just salt and pepper. If you're doing more than that, you're probably doing your beef wrong. So, um, I like that in this episode, you've said anal, dictate, and uh, heat on your beef. <laughs> Just saying. All three of those things have come up on this episode. I'm actually kind of <laughs> liking that a lot. All right. So, uh, we can move on. I mean, it has been um, it has been an episode for enjoyment. I think all the way around. The, the beer was rough. I'm not going to deny that. It's which was kind of needed because I feel like every review we've had, the beer has usually won against the game yeah. until this one. This yeah. one was like a knockout. The game way beat the beer for sure. Yeah. And it's and I don't want to knock New Holland. I haven't tried a lot of their other things, but Dragon's Milk maybe just isn't for us. That's for sure. At least not this one, this reserve. It's not the reserve, maybe. So we'll, we'll see as we, time goes on where we end up down the road. But I would like to do... Some shout outs. Now, I, I mentioned earlier, we did get our first episode kicked off and out. And, it, you know, trying to get this out there for people to hear and listen to, you know, we asked that, you know, if you'd like to, we hope you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you know, um, at the monologues, one word, or on our Facebook page, the monologues. But we have had a lot of support. And I think you would agree with that. For sure. Um, whether it's wives, friends, family, coworkers brothers, whatever. Um, we have had a ton of support and I really was trying to figure out a good way to show that. Thanks. And instead of trying to just list the thousands of people we would have to list, uh, that have helped us along the way, 
I'm just going to every episode that I can think of, try to bring up a couple things that I think stood out that I really appreciate. And so for me today, I have at least three things I want to bring up, which is Chuck from work. Uh, Chuck Davis, not only has he listened to it and kind of gave me some feedback, um, I think he like bicycles into work, which I think is crazy, but you know, he lives in town, so it's not that far for him, but he, uh, he would listen to it on his way to work and he'd tell me about what he thought. And also, you know, we made those stickers. Uh, we have a bunch of those and he, he passed those out on his route, uh, which helps out a lot. And then Chad, for sure, Chad, the artwork, this guy does the, the graphics, this guy can produce, um, the print job he's done for me to help out, whether it's like the big sticker I brought you just for like, you know, to put on whatever, or the one I put on the back of my vehicle. Uh, you know, just Chad has all around been a huge help and a big part of this. Definitely. And then sticker mule who I actually ordered some through, uh, the company sticker mule, dude, the stickers were awesome. I I'm going to do a shout out to them for sure. Uh, they sent this free bottle of hot sauce with the stickers. I think I ordered like 500 just to kind of give out to my accounts and kind of, you know, so we could slap them on some windows, get some message out there that we have this podcast and the hot, not only did the stickers come out great, but this hot sauce they sent me amazing. Like if I, if I get the time, I'm going to order more of that hot sauce. It was amazing, which is crazy that the sticker company's like, Hey, by the way, we make this hot sauce. Go ahead and try it for free since you ordered some stickers. That's bizarre to me, but well worth it. Absolutely worth it. <laughs> it did. When I saw it pop up on the shopping cart, it didn't make any sense to me, but I wasn't going to argue about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, Somebody's going to send like me heat. a free bottle of hot sauce. I'm going to take right. a free bottle of hot sauce. <laughs> right, absolutely. I do like heat. Um, and maybe that's what your steaks were not like. You're right. They weren't like kick your socks off heat, but the crusher pepper was a nice ad, which weirdly, you know, I cook a lot of steaks. You know, we get the half of beef. We, Bailey and I both love steaks. Um, even the boys love steaks. You know, the whole family does. Uh, never thought about adding crushed red pepper. And I'm not really sure why I've never thought of that. <laughs> I like heat on my beef too. So I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know why I never did that. But yeah, great. It was. It did turn out good. So, so sir, if you're ready to wrap this up. Yeah. So let's talk about next time. All right. So since this is kind of the thing I've been doing is working on what we pair with what and whether it's good or bad, I apologize or, you know, say thanks to me, whatever you want to do. Um, <laughs> all the blame can go that way too. So you right. Know. <laughs> it can go either way. I'll take all of it. Uh, next time we have goose islands, which I feel like this is perfect for summertime. We have goose islands, uh, lemonade shandy, uh, Chicago. And they kind of have like a slogan on there. Chicago's original. I'll have to look more into that when we get to it. But uh, we have, so the Goose Island Lemonade Shandy with a game called Empire of Sin, and that is also on the Xbox Game Pass. And guys, we're not going to get stuck on this trend. We This will probably be the last one for a while we do on the Xbox Game Pass, I think. But yeah, so Empire of Sin will also be next week, so or next time we record. So, which the way we're going, sometimes that's a week, sometimes that's three weeks. It really depends on the time <laughs> we get. We are busy people with real jobs and families and all that. So Yeah, so... I actually probably will play that one on the actual Xbox One console. So uh, instead of doing that, I don't know if it's available available for PC, but I'm just going to go ahead and say right now, I'm going to go ahead and dive into the old Xbox and see if my controller still works. There you go. <laughs> Dust that thing off. So if you like drinking. Or you like gaming. Join us next time on The Monologues.